0: sean hannity show more behind the scenes information on breaking news and more bold inspired solutions for america live from the hill our very own jamie dupree with the latest news from dc ah the latest news from washington dc jamie dupree did you see chicago rom rombo dead city apparently downgraded their credit to junk Ouch, that hurts. I did not see that, no. Yeah, it's out there. Moody's downgrades uh, Chicago debt to junk with a negative outlook. Uh, that's not particularly good. It uh, doesn't sound like it, no. I'll tell you what was horrible is uh, you've got this this Amtrak tra- uh, train crash. This just broke, by the way, uh, on AP. The AP, the Amtrak engineer at the controls last night going 100 miles an hour in a 50-mile-an-hour curve zone. Uh, apparently is now refusing to talk to police today and declined to provide a statement. I wonder if he thinks there's some type of legal action
1: ahead uh, of him. Well, let's just say going 100 or over 100 in the 50-mile zone might explain why there was such a crash on that curve. No. and uh, well, you know, seven, it, it, seven people died, 200 have been injured. We had, a, we had a senator on the train, uh, Senator Tom Carper of Delaware, who commutes oh. back and forth. He had gotten off in Wilmington. I remember years ago, I, I took uh, the commuter train for about 25 years here in D.C., back and forth to Capitol Hill. And uh, I used to, it never failed one or two times a week. I'd be running down to the train station at about 6, 630, and uh, first Congressman Carper, then Senator Carper. He and I would be running all the way down there to grab the train. And uh, he and uh, uh, Joe Biden, when he was senator, used to take it every day. But Carper had gotten off in Wilmington just a few minutes before it actually crashed last night.
0: There was a former congressman that was on the plane
1: that yep. was actually Patrick sending Murphy out of Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw his tweets actually first from that. He started sending out photos immediately.
0: You know, the the funding of Amtrak I don't think is going to be relevant based on the the early understanding of this.
1: I mean, there's there's no
0: justification for going 100 in a 50-mile-an-hour zone
1: unless— No, but here was the irony, was that of all days that the House Appropriations Committee would be taking up the bill dealing with Amtrak funding, it was this morning. And so Democrats immediately jumped on that and tried to add more money for Amtrak. They were voted down on a party line vote. You know, the, the interesting thing about Amtrak is when you it's it's mainly used, I mean, there's really only a few places out in California, some Illinois has some. And then, of course, the big moneymaker is the Northeast Corridor, sort of the Washington, Philadelphia, New York, Boston section. And if you don't live in that region, you don't really understand how often people do use the train. Amtrak earned almost $300 million in profits on the Northeast Corridor last year. The problem is they lost well over $600 million on their other long-distance routes. Mm-hmm. And that has led in recent years to a lot of lawmakers really squeezing the budget on Amtrak because they argue that it's just not being used outside of the Northeast Corridor and maybe a little in California I, but and some other states. Listen, and I think some there's, some,
0: there's some truth to that. And just like, for example, the airlines that you ought to have – I think they ought to privatize the whole thing. I think you'll end up with better service, better food, and probably more profits and less taxpayer subsidies go into this. I mean And
1: I can't tell you how many hearings I've covered over the years, you know, another where they review how Amtrak uh, you know it costs so much per burger that they're serving and of course they're not getting anywhere close to the money back for it. But realistically, those kind of train routes are only going to be really, you know, they'll really work well, the bottom line, in an area like the Northeast Corridor. And it's hard to explain to people if you don't live in the D.C., Philly, New York, Boston Corridor, you don't get how taking the train is normal. For a lot of people, they never even think about it, but here it's, it's a little different. And also, I'll have to say that this is one of those days, Sean, when something like this happens, and it's very familiar to the people who work for the major news networks. You know, mm-hmm. because they ride the train. They've been, it's a local kind of thing. Well, and I've it been gets on the train,
0: a, but I could easily just get on the shuttle.
1: You know, I've you done could, both. yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and from here in D.C., there's a lot of people that uh, that pick between the two. So Amtrak does earn money on the routes where they've got the most people, but unfortunately, most of their long distance routes well, do. Well, I not. think what they need to
0: do is privatize it. And, and if somebody wants to buy it, then they can, you know, buy, buy it and turn a profit and maybe. Uh, over time, give the government a percentage of what the profit is and some money up front, and we can pay down our debt. And yeah. that's one I don't less think business. That's going to happen
1: anytime soon, but it's certainly been talked about for a while. Yeah. You remember the, the
0: uh, House Democrat Hank Johnson? Remember the guy that was worried about the island of Guam capsizing? Do you remember that guy? I know Hank Johnson well, yes. All right. He's now warning that if Congress passes the Republican budget, there will be more Baltimore style riots throughout America.
1: I think that you'll hear some attacks along those lines, but not that many. But obviously, as we get into the budget this year, Amtrak is one example, and uh, there are a number of others in the budget as we move forward. It's just that... You know that age-old difference between the two parties on what the priority should be and where the money should be spent. For a lot of Republicans, the answer is not to spend it on Amtrak lines that lose money, but rather to shift it over maybe to the military and spend it there. For a lot of Democrats, they'd like to see more money spent, whether it's on uh, social programs or programs to help the inner cities and more, and not have it in the military. Right now, though, certainly the Democrats are going to be on the short end of that stick when it comes to that argument, but still, the GOP, even as they're moving forward their budget for this year, Sean, I don't think that they've got the votes right now to to follow the blueprint that they have pushed forward so far. We're probably going to have to have some deal later this year that's going to funnel a little more money both into the military and probably into social programs. Well, there was well. a story
0: yesterday that said while they were voting for, quote, a balanced budget in, in nine years, I think was the proposal, uh, they were on the other hand you know vowing to spend an extra 180 billion than they had
1: yeah, so and, they, and
0: and they described it as a show vote so that they can go back to their districts and say they voted for the balanced budget when in reality they had no intention of doing
1: it which is the budget resolution has always been one of the uh, the biggest fakes in terms of stories that I've ever covered up here because it's a non-binding document I know it sets the outline I know it sets the framework for the budget but it's meaningless but really in the end you don't have to follow it like everything you can follow it this year but you don't have to follow it next year you can do something different still it's important to to chart that long-term kind of thing but I, you know, the Republicans don't have the votes to do what they want to do right now because a number of their members, when it really gets down to it, are not willing to make the big, deep, actual cuts that they'd have to make. They're not willing to make the programs.
0: cuts and they're not willing to take responsibility for their actions and their votes. I mean, that that is a big, big problem.
1: Well, they're willing to take responsibility for it. I just think it's easy to say, let's balance the budget. It sounds simple, but every one of those lines in the budget, somebody is for, and it's hard to overcome some of the controversy against it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, look, I in in the whole, when you go back 35,000 feet, It's obvious that the Republicans want to hold the line more than the Democrats do. I'm not I'm not trying to say that, they're. you know, but in in many ways, the Republicans would like to spend money as well just on different things. Yeah. Unbelievable. All right. So we have did you hear the uh, the education secretary talked about kids
0: uh, should have 24 seven a government environment to raise them? Did you hear Duncan say that? I did not. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Jamie, whenever I can surprise you with something, it makes me happy. I don't know why. Okay, I'm glad. Happy, happy. Um, I think all of our schools should be community centers. Our schools should be open 12, 13, 14 hours a day with a wide variety of after-school programming. Um, Thankfully, in the vast, vast majority of uh, communities around the nation, our schools are actually safe havens. Very little violence happening in our schools. It's really happening, uh, the vast majority is on on the streets. If we could keep our kids there longer, we think that makes a lot of sense. Uh, More uh, vocational programs, more chances for folks to figure out what they're learning in school, how is that relevant um, to, to where they go the rest of their lives. And the one idea I threw out that I uh, wanted to sort of road test it with the kids do, they thought, is the idea of public boarding schools. And that's a little bit of a, you know, different idea or a controversial idea. But the question is, do we have some children where there's not a mom, there's not a dad, there's not a grandma, there's just nobody home. And you know, there there's certain kids we should have 24-7 to really create a safe environment and give them a chance. Certain kids we should have 24-7. 24-7!
1: Yeah, I don't think that's going anywhere in the Congress right now. You know, one thing but that's interesting, you talk about schools. Why are you not seen, as outraged as I am? Mean, yeah, that's not going anywhere. Because that sounds like a, a very boring speech that you would cover as a reporter and know full well that some of those ideas are going absolutely nowhere.
0: Okay. Well, what else is going on?
1: Uh, the, the House is nearing a vote at this hour on this NSA reform bill that would make some changes in both the Patriot Act and the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. This would reform and stop the NSA from that bulk collection of phone records and other items that they've used the Patriot Act to sort of buttress as the legal underpinnings for that. Uh, And it makes some other changes in the bill in in current law as well with some expiring provisions of the Patriot Act that expire at the end of the month. And to show you how much support there is for this, I think it's going to get it might even get close to 350 votes in the House of Representatives today. There are some lawmakers who don't think it does enough to rein in the NSA but this should get easy approval it's got the backing of the white house gop leaders as well and then the only question is next week in the senate do they try to get it? Uh, they have to get something done before some of these provisions of the Patriot Act expire at the end of the month. Rand Paul's been making some noise about a filibuster maybe on this issue next week. Watch for that as something just before everybody runs out of town. All right, we'll look at that. Is there any uh, 2016 presidential news you're following today? I uh, you know, Rubio gave a speech. Senator Marco Rubio was up in your neck of the woods today at the Council on Foreign Relations giving a speech about sort of it's been labeled by some as the Rubio Doctrine, talking about how. He would want to project more in terms of use of U.S. military force to defend freedom around the world, spend more money on the military budget. I I was interested in in listening to uh, some people dissect your interview yesterday with Jeb Bush because he sort of got batted around the last couple of days about what he meant. And you asked him about this, what he meant about his answer on Iraq and the Iraq war. And I'm You know, we're in a different time now. It used to be where you had a lot of time to sort of get your answers all in line and be ready. We have a much more quick sort of reaction environment these days with Twitter and the Internet. And I, I guess I'm... I'm sort of surprised that Bush has put himself in some of these positions a few times where he says something and then spends a few days trying to uh, sort of play damage control on a couple of things. He got uh, some really negative uh, reviews yesterday from the GOP chairman in Iowa about not coming to attend the Iowa straw poll in August. And it, it just sort of makes me look at this and, and wonder, I know he's got a lot of money, he's got a lot of name recognition, but I, I actually, where's he going? I, I'm just giving you my honest opinion here. As you know, I'm not taking sides, but the
0: way he answered the question when he said, I, I would have voted yes, and, and I supported it, and so did Hillary. It was obvious he was answering the question one way, and the question was, was directed another way. So I didn't feel that his clarification was was out of the ordinary because so many people took it one way. In other words, once he said that, I, yeah, I, did you support the Iraq war based on what we know today? I, he was answering it, yeah, well, based on what we knew then, would I would I still make the same decision? He was saying yes, but then he, he clarified it on the show.
1: No, I understand what you're saying. It's just we've seen a couple of these examples where he plays a little damage control in the days after. I don't think he's trying to be cute or anything like that it's just his answers just seem to be not ready at those situations i see john bolton's going to announce in coming hours whether or not he's going to run for president and there's been some uh, stories in the in the mainstream media i, I like
0: john bolton but why does he think he's going to be president what, what i'm trying to understand that he's a great guy i love him he's not going
1: to be president Well, if you run, you do get a little more attention and you get your name out there, right? Well, then what? Maybe I should run then. You think I'm going to win? You think I'm going to be president? That's not going to happen
0: either. So but why do one people- interesting
1: hearing I covered today real quick you know. uh, on the TSA, we had two government watchdogs before Congress today saying the TSA is ignoring a series of security vulnerabilities, especially some red flags about the TSA pre-check program. The acting TSA chief was supposed to testify today, but he refused to show up, Sean. Why? He wanted to testify on his own and not have to be on a panel as well with the inspector general from his department so that lawmakers could say, well, sir, you know, the the inspector general says X, what do you have to say about that? The acting TSA chief didn't want to do that, so we didn't show up at today's House Oversight Committee hearing.
0: All right. Nothing else happening then? So basically— uh,
1: yeah, Do you hear, see what happened on trade? You know remember yesterday the Democrats rebuked the president? Forget about it. But- it never happened, Sean. They've got oh, an really? agreement— They've got an agreement now. They're going to move forward with debate. Well, uh, Democrats will get a couple of votes they want. It's almost like it never and, happened. And the National
0: Organization for Women and others and uh, Sherrod Brown were calling the president sexist. You got to love that.
1: Yeah, uh, the, the, even the White House spokesman sort of hinted that Sherrod Brown uh, needed to apologize. No, well, oh, Senator he didn't Brown, hint. he said it. Yeah. I'm not sure that Senator Brown's going to do that. You know, maybe he's the new Ohio Jim Trafficant. No, I won't go that far. I've known Jim Trafficant, the only person who ever put me in a walking headlock through the U.S. Capitol Rotunda. No, Sherrod Brown is not Jim Trafficant. All right, but be be honest. I bet you took
0: it in good humor, and it was meant in good humor.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But he was a character. Uh, More than that, yes.
0: Yeah, more than that. That's a good point. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington. You know, this is pretty scary. A violent crime is committed in the U.S. every 3.2 seconds. One in every five homes is going to be broken into. Now, if you're like me and you want to protect your family, your loved ones, and you have a firearm, one that you carry, one in your house, your chances of surviving one of these life and death encounters increases exponentially. That just helps you and your family be safer. More guns, less crime. I go to John Lott's book. But the battle doesn't always end there. If you Google search, you're going to see thousands of cases where the responsible gun owner is dragged to court by the attacker or the attacker's family. Uh, For example, I saw one the other day. Family of criminal wants to sue the hero who stopped him. So I don't know about you, but I can't think of anything more devastating. Uh, God forbid you ever have to use your gun to protect your family from a ruthless thug and end up getting railroaded by a liberal DA or a bleeding heart jury. Now that's why I, as a gun owner, am a proud member of the United States Concealed Carry Association. They're going to protect your freedom, your finances, and your future if you are ever forced to use your gun in a self-defense incident. In other words, you'll sleep better knowing that if the unthinkable ever happens, you're going to have the most powerful legal team backing you up. They back up responsible gun owners like us in America. They'll have your back. Now, if you own a gun, if you're considering buying one, you need to check out the USCCA right now. Go to this website, defendfamily.com. It's simple. One word, defendfamily.com. .com, download a special guide that they have created for you, my listeners. That's defendfamily.com, defendfamily, one word.com. Information download. Hannity and the breaking news you might have missed today. With Sean's insider information. Sean Hannity. News, news 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.